0: Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Okay, Here is the Story. I am the host, Dee Burns. A story, by definition, is an account of imaginary or real people and events told for entertainment purposes. I believe that life is a story, and I feel honored to tell you these stories. And if given the chance, I would love to tell your story. So on this episode, this is number two in my five part series, discussing the TV show, Emergency Call. Check your local listings for dates and times. (laughs) In this episode, I'm gonna be looking at the call centers in Ogden, Utah and Austin, Texas. Now I did these two together because they don't seem to be as highly um, shown on the TV show as the other locations. So um, I put these two together in one episode. So, before we start, I need to get a little business out of the way. Um, We're always looking for sponsors and our advertisers. If you're interested, please email me at okhereisthestory at gmail.com. Please don't forget to include all of your contact information. You will now be able to find this podcast where you find all your podcasts. We are on social media, and you can find the links to our social media accounts in the show description that's provided. For future episodes, I will be discussing bullying. If you or someone you know has been bullied and you would like to share your story, please send me an email to okhereisthestory at gmail.com. Unless otherwise noted, I will share your story and your first name only. If you're interested in being interviewed for the podcast, please include all of your contact information. Finally, if you would like to make a donation to this podcast, you can find me on my GoFundMe page. Okay, here is the story. The link will be provided in the show description. All donations are used to purchase hardware and software for this podcast. No one involved in the show is paid. GoFundMe is a secure page for donations. So in this episode, like I said before, we're gonna um, be discussing the call centers for Ogden, Utah and Austin, Texas that are highlighted on the TV show Emergency Call. Check your local listings for dates and times. This is, I mean, these two call centers, I just, really all the call centers I love, but I, I really enjoy these, these call centers and doing the research on them and um, going through and highlighting the calls that they address. So I'm going to start in Ogden, Utah. And on the Ogden, Utah website for the call center, this is what it reads. And I quote, The Weber Area Dispatch 911 and Emergency Services District is the public safety answering point for all 911 emergency and non-emergency public safety needs in Weber and Morgan Counties. Emergency communications personnel answer requests for police, fire, and medical emergencies, and they dispatch the appropriate personnel and apparatus. Weber Area 911 operates 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. While dispatchers have many responsibilities, they have two primary job functions. The first is to receive incoming calls. When a call is received either via 911 or a non emergency line, a dispatcher collects the information and prioritizes it. The second primary function is to dispatch or send the call to the appropriate police, fire, or medical agency or agencies. End of quote. So in this location, we have two operators that are highlighted, Shiloh and Justin. And if you follow us on Facebook, you saw their pictures posted earlier in the week. And Shiloh and Justin are married and they have a two year old daughter who is just, oh my gosh, she is adorable. She is so cute. And this is the part of their story that they show on the show. And they go through and show Shiloh and Justin eating breakfast with her and, you know, just being mom and dad. And they explain how they both work the same shift together. And while they're working, their daughter stays with her mom. But yeah, she's just, oh my gosh, she is adorable. So one of the first calls that Shiloh receives is a woman it's not funny but it was just so odd to me it's a woman and listen to this who has a spatula stuck down her throat okay let me just say that again this woman has a spatula stuck down her throat and she's struggling to tell Shiloh what has happened and Shiloh, you know, has to keep asking her, what did you say? What, what is going on? And finally, um, Shiloh figures out that the woman is saying that she has a spatula stuck down her throat. So the call goes on and Shiloh sends the appropriate first responders to this lady's location. And I did some additional research on this call after I watched the show and I found out that the lady was holding a child in one arm and the spatula in her other hand. And apparently she fell or tripped, but she fell against a wall and the arm with the spatula is what jammed into her mouth when she fell against the wall. But oh my gosh, I mean, I can't even imagine, can you imagine going into the emergency room with a spatula sticking out of your throat. I mean, oh my gosh. It really makes you think about cooking in your kitchen. And, you know, what can happen. But yeah, I was just <laughs> I was shocked. So, then the next uh call that Shiloh gets and and this one was very um difficult to watch because if you're a parent, if you have children, you have been through the two-year-old stage of their lives and when they're two they get in trouble they don't know what's going on you know, they don't know (laughs) and Shiloh gets a call from this guy and he's just totally frantic I mean, he is out of control frantic and he's explaining to Shiloh that his two-year-old daughter is missing and He explains to her, we've just moved into this new house, this is our new address, and we have looked everywhere in this house for her, and we cannot find her. And you can hear people in the background screaming, Um, I would assume one would be the mother, Um, I believe that there was probably some other kids, uh, maybe neighbors or friends, I don't know. But you could hear other people in the background screaming for this little girl, and You know, Shiloh just, I will say that she was amazing on this phone call because she has a two-year-old daughter. And if you've ever had a little one and they have hidden, Wyatt Burns one time hid (laughs) in a clothing rack at Target, I believe it was. And of course I was panicked looking for him. And, you know, he thought it was funny when I pulled the clothes apart, looking for him in the clothing rack, he just giggled. And I was like, oh, and you know, you just want to grab them up. You just want to grab them up, kiss them, but then just slam them into the cart. And I mean, that's just part of having a two-year-old, but you can tell that this is a very emotional call for Shiloh because she has this little two-year-old girl and she's got tears in her eyes. And um, she's trying to ask the guy, you know, you guys have looked, what was she wearing? That was her thing. What, what was she wearing the last time that you saw her? And of course, you know, they didn't know. I, I mean, I'm not sure I would have known when the boys were little. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're asking her, they're, you know, Shiloh's asking the dad, what was she wearing? What, where was the last time you saw her? You know, she's going through the whole set of questions trying to um get more information and meanwhile the father is just uh, screaming into the phone because he's so scared and throughout the call uh, Shiloh like I said she continuously asks the father you know um did you look through the entire house what is she wearing did you look under beds did you look in closets and you know he, of course he's saying yes 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 we've looked everywhere we've looked everywhere <clears throat> And it's not clear how much time lapses from the beginning of the phone call until the resolution. So, you know, I don't know how long it was. But uh, the police did get there and they did end up finding the child hiding under some blankets and pillows in the house. And apparently the child thought it was funny that, you know, everybody was screaming for her and um, she was hiding. But they did find her and, you know, that's just the life of having a two-year-old. I mean that's what they're gonna do. and if you've ever been a parent, you you know you know you know what that feeling is like. If you don't, you've been blessed because it is a terrible feeling. But Shiloh did a great job. Once the call was over, uh, she did have to get up and walk away from her phone. Uh, she had tears in her eyes because it was very traumatic for her and she had to put her headset down and walk away from her phone for a little bit and go catch her breath. And that's when Justin, her husband, you know, he kind of followed her and, and he went up and he hugged her and, you know, he told her, you know, it's not ours. It's okay. You know, it, 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 you know, she was fine after a few minutes, but again, this is the emotion that is shown by these call center operators, um, due to life experiences and, or that, you know, they get calls for certain types of people. Those are the types of people that they have in their lives and so that they can relate. So one of the final calls, and this one is really funny. (laughs) One of the final calls that Shiloh gets, and keep in mind, her husband, Justin, is on the desk that sits across from her and they have their backs to each other. So he can hear her phone calls. She can hear his phone calls. And yeah, (laughs) so she gets this phone call from a guy and he wants to be rescued from the Latter-day Saints community. Now this is Ogden, Utah, and everybody knows Utah is full of Latter-day Saints, Mormons. That's, I don't know, maybe they're the same. I don't know, but that is what's located in that state. And this guy wants to be rescued from the Latter-day Saints community because, because, (laughs) Oh Lord because he masturbates way too much and he knows how the Latter-day Saint Church feels about that. So as I'm watching the show, I I see Shiloh taking this phone call and I see her husband Justin laughing because he can hear the phone call and he's waiting to see how is she going to handle this. I am thinking how do these people do this job? And in my final um, part of this series, when I interviewed Jazzy Betcher, who is the call center operator here in Waukesha, Wisconsin, I asked her, you know, how do you guys oh, keep a straight face? I mean, really, how do you not laugh? How do you not laugh? I, I don't know. I mean, I feel bad for this guy because he's obviously tortured by this. And his religion, and you know, and I will say the funny part about this whole thing was that Justin, Shiloh's husband, is standing at his desk behind her, listening, and he's just laughing. <laughs> and he's listening to where the call is gonna go, and he's just laughing because his wife, you know, she has to address this phone call, and you can tell that she's getting kind of embarrassed, and uh, she does end up. Handling it and sending out some help for the gentleman. but So another operator in the Ogden, Utah location is Cody. And Cody's a really cool dude. And he takes a call from a mom who has an 18-year-old autistic child. And at this point, we learn that Cody has a son with cystic fibrosis. And he says on the show, he says, I can't relate to the parent that has a child with mental health issues. But I do understand what it's like to have to pay special attention to a child with physical issues. So he can relate to this phone call. And at this point in the show, we learn that Utah has a program called MCOT, which stands for Mobile Crisis Outreach Team. I will say the research I've done on this team is amazing. And I really, 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 really wish every state had this program. I am a big person about how this country does not address mental health issues. We do not help our citizens that have mental health issues. And we really never have. But this mobile crisis outreach team is pretty amazing. They are contacted at the same time that uh, you know that they dispatch police, fire, EMS. They also dispatch the mobile crisis outreach team at the same time. And I learned that this team um, will also they'll also respond without having um, emergency call unit. So if you're a Utah resident. The number you can call for more access to this team is 1-800-273-8255. Now let me say that again. If you are a Utah resident and you have mental health issues and you need help, please call the mobile crisis outreach team at 1-800-273-8255. The crisis team will meet you where you're at, whether it's at home, at work, or anywhere in the community. They will come to you. The team arrives in an unmarked vehicle to support your privacy. It is the goal to um, keep those in need of this mobile crisis outreach team. Um, It is their goal to keep people out of the hospitals. This service is fast. It's free and it can be done face-to-face or through a virtual video. I believe the virtual video thing is new due to COVID. So, you know, whatever is easiest for you. Again, this program is for Utah residents only who are having a mental health challenge. Again, if you are a Utah resident and you have questions, please call 1-800-273-8255. There will also be a link to their website in my show description. You can access their website through that. In the final moments of the show, Luke Wilson does uh, tell us that in the past year, this unit has reduced unnecessary hospitalizations and jail bookings by mental health patients by 81%. That is amazing because unfortunately a lot of these people that have mental health issues get put in jail and that is not the place for them. And if we can reduce that by having crisis teams go out into the community and meet these people where they are at and help them in their situation, to me, that is amazing. And again, I would love to see every state do that. And I'm just not sure that that we can. I mean, I just feel like all the money this government spends on frivolous things, I don't understand why we don't spend that money to create teams like this to help our mental mentally ill citizens. So Anyway, the call goes on with Cody and this young gentleman that has autism. Um, you can hear the mom kind of yelling at him to calm down and she's telling Cody, you know, he's destroying my house. He's destroying, I think it was a boat or a camper or a car or something. But Cody gets the young man on the phone and, you know, Cody call, calms him down and, you know, asks him, what do you like? And, you know, what did you do today? And he just really has a conversation with this young man and, really gets him calmed down and helped out until the um, crisis outreach team can get there. And then they, you know, took over and it ended up that, uh, you know, he had it, you know, obviously he was autistic and, you know, they got his issues addressed in this situation. So that was really good. And Utah, congratulations for having this team. I hope that it continues to be successful for your state. Um, I hope it is something that other states will look at and would implement using your model. So the next location that we're going to discuss is in Austin, Texas. And the Austin, Texas 911 Communication Center supports 1,740 police officers and receives approximately, approximately, One million calls per year. Oh my gosh. That is a lot of phone calls. The communication center is operational 24-7 and is staffed with over 200 civilian employees. So, this location was fun for me. I learned quite a bit from this location. And they get a fair share of their bizarre phone calls just like the other call centers. and we'll go into that later. So the one thing I did learn from this location was from the operator, Leslie. Apparently, I had no idea about this. I mean, it makes sense now that I know about it, but I had no idea. You can text 911. Did you know that? You can text them. So in this situation... There were multiple teenagers who were deaf and they were on a hike. One of the teenagers fell over a cliff and felt she had some broken bones and she was having a really hard time breathing. So Leslie sat at her computer with the cell phone and, well, no, I'm sorry, back up. She was sitting at her computer and she was texting one of the deaf teenagers from her computer. And obviously the teenager was using a phone. So text to 911 is only currently available in certain locations in the United States. Not every 911 call center has it. The FCC encourages emergency call centers to begin accepting texts, but it is up to each call center to decide the particular method in which to implement and deploy Text to 911 technology. You know, I am one that, you know, if you've listened to this show any amount of time, you know I have multiple sclerosis. You know that I have mobility issues. Because of that, I am one that is aware of handicap doorways, handicap parking, handicap sidewalks, you know, anything handicapped and this is just something additional we can add to our community for those out there who are deaf granted they can use 711 which is a phone service on all of, of a deaf person's phone um that they can get somebody who will type uh, or they will they will type what they're you know what they need and then that person reads it to whoever the call is the recipient of the call but in an emergency situation you know you want to cut down on time so the FCC rules require all wireless carriers and other providers of text messaging applications in the United States to deliver emergency texts to call centers that request them If a call center requests the text to 911 program, text messaging providers must, they are required, to deliver the service in that area within six months. So, if anybody out there thinks that their community could use the text to 911 service, I have provided a link in my show description, where you can go check to see if the 911 call center in your area supports the text to 911 program. Uh, this list that I'm providing you, this link that I'm providing you, it goes, it opens up a list. That list is updated monthly. If this is a program that you believe your your community can benefit from, you need to request it, and I would say just contact your local wireless company, maybe a few of them in your community, and ask how to get the text to nine one one program. While uh, Leslie is on, you know, she's, like I said, she's sitting at her computer. She is texting back and forth with this uh, teenager who's on this trip and they end up finding the gal that fell off the cliff and I believe she broke her leg and they end up getting her out of, Uh, Where she was at, so the call did. But I just, I never thought of the fact that you can text nine one one. I, I just, I never thought of that. So, thank you, Austin, Texas, for teaching me something else about the nine one one call system. So then Leslie receives another phone call from a woman uh, who is reporting. Oh my gosh, this one I could not believe because it scares me. It scares me so much that there are people out there like this and I just I don't understand I, I don't I don't but Leslie gets a call from a woman who says that I'd like to report a woman laying on the ground screaming and the woman who's placing the call tells Leslie this woman seems to need some help she's and you can hear the woman in the background screaming The caller is the one who describes that she's laying on the ground. But you can hear this woman screaming that she needs help. So Leslie asks the woman, what kind of help do you think this woman needs? Does she need police? Does she need fire? Does she need ambulance? What does she need? The woman who has called in says to Leslie, hold on just a minute. (laughs) Okay, first of all, That in itself is weird. But anyway, the woman says, hold on just a minute. And then you hear the woman who is on the phone with Leslie, the 911 operator. You hear the woman say, yeah, I want to order a chicken sandwich, coleslaw combo and make it a large. (laughs) And then you hear this woman in the background say, okay, thank you. That will be below a price. Please pull forward to the window. (sighs) Oh my God. So this woman is in a drive-thru ordering food and she puts 911 on hold so that she can order her sandwich combo. Even though in the background, you can hear this other woman screaming. Yeah, that she needs help. So eventually, Leslie figures out that the woman needs an ambulance and so she dispatches one to the scene. And once the phone call ends, Leslie just, she laughs. And she says, that is the first time I've ever been put on hold so someone can order their food. (laughs) Oh my gosh, people. If you see someone, let's just say you're in a drive-thru. Okay. And you see someone laying on the ground screaming because they need help. Yes, call 911. Forget about your food, please. Forget about your food, and just call nine 9- call nine one one and get somebody out there to help. Oh God, <laughs> I just. Oh my gosh. Okay, so the next story introduces us to Kristen, who is another nine one one operator, and she has bizarre phone calls too. <laughs> oh, and, you know just to hear these funny phone calls is worth watching the show. I mean the show offers you so much more education-wise, programs available to your community-wise. I mean but just the humor. Oh my gosh, you just you don't understand how these people can live in the United States. But anyway, Kristen gets a phone call. And this woman is concerned Because there is a man who's licking a stop sign and he's stumbling around. He might be on something, she says, but I'm really afraid he's going to get COVID from the stop sign. (sighs) Okay, lady. First of all, (laughs) I don't believe that there's been any science done on the fact if you can get COVID from licking a stop sign. Second of all, the show was, may have been <laughs> recorded before COVID had a breakout. I don't know, but whatever. And, I mean, this guy is licking a stop sign. And you're worried about the fact that he might get COVID. No, I'm concerned about the fact that he's licking a stop sign. <laughs> Let's just say that. So anyway, Kristen ends up sending out help uh, for this gentleman and they end up helping him. But. So the final phone operator that we're introduced to in Austin, Texas is Alicia. And this one was a little scary to me. Not that I've ever been in this situation, but it, it, it was a serious, frightening situation. So this lady calls. She doesn't know where she's at. She has no idea. She doesn't even remember how she got in this situation. So to me, I'm thinking as I'm watching this show, okay, obviously this gal was out partying. Somebody slipped her a drug and either gave it to her or slipped it into her drink. And she passed out and they moved her. And now she's woken up and she does not know where she's at. So she can't tell 911 where she's at. Over 80%, think about this, over 80% of all calls are made from uh, cell phones. All calls to 911 are made from cell phones. Over 80%. Yet, as we discussed in the previous episode, the original 911 system was was not built for cell phones at all. And if someone calls and they're on a cell phone and they don't know where they're at most systems have what's called a triangulation system and they can triangulate the caller's signal from the pinging off of towers but a lot of times the towers are far apart and so they can only narrow it down to an area and the accuracy can be within like three-fourths of a mile to a mile. So the 911 operator can say the call is coming from this area, but it's a mile radius, up to, if not more, than a mile radius. Today's phones have built-in emergency location services to help locate the caller. And um, in my episode, my fourth part of this series, I discuss the Wasilla, Alaska location and I learned a lot a lot from the Wasilla, Alaska lo- call center and one of the things I learned is that your phone has a built-in emergency location service and I'm going to tell you how to get it so if you're on the phone with 911 you can tell them and you can give them a specific code and that's like telling them exactly where you're at and like i said we'll go into that um in episode or you know part 4 of this series so as we discussed in the previous episode there is technology out there it's called rapid SOS and it's used to accurately accurately excuse me Locate cellular 911 callers. Just a few years ago, finding this woman would have been impossible. They may have been able to narrow it down to an apartment building, but they would not have been able to find her in the apartment building. And with this rapid SOS technology, they can locate the specific apartment building Or specific location in a building that this person needs help and this call does end up um, where the police do find the lady uh, and it does end up that she somebody slipped her a drug and uh, that she was date raped by um, you know whoever was at the party I don't know but um, she did have to go through that and, and that is That in itself is very devastating, but I can't imagine waking up and not knowing where you're at or even how to tell 911 where you're at. So please uh, check with your local community to make sure that you have this rapid SOS technology or that you have the technology in place for these 911 operators to find you specifically. So as we close the show today, I would like to thank all the first responders out there. This includes everyone, including the phone operators, police, fire, EMS, doctors, nurses, techs, you know, whoever. Thank you for everything that you do to help us stay healthy and to respond to probably one of the darkest moments in our lives and helping us out. We appreciate it. You do an amazing job. Again, you can find us at www.okhereisthestory.com where you can get the latest podcast episode, read my blog, or look for information regarding my upcoming book, which is going to be titled I Got the Final Word. All of my social media links can be found on my website or in the show description for this episode. I would also like to thank my son, Hunter, who is the executive producer and the CTO, chief technology officer. (laughs) I laugh because I know I say this every week, but it's funny because he tells me that that's not a real thing and that I just made it up. (laughs) Thank you, Hunter, for your support in answering my stupid technology questions. Thank you to my son, Wyatt, for supporting me and being my sounding board. Also, thanks to the brains that serve with my son, and thank you for having his back and making sure that he comes home safely. Everyone, have a great day. I'm sending you my love. Please take it and pay it forward to someone in your life today. Bye.